Chapter Fifty Five of the Scalp Hunters. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Scalp Hunters by Thomas Main Reed. Chapter Fifty Five: The Rescue. We struck directly across the plain for the eastern entrance of the valley. We reached the canyon about two hours before day everything turned out as we had anticipated there was an outpost of five indians at the end of the pass but we had stolen upon them unawares and they were captured without the necessity of our firing a shot the main body came up soon after and preceded by our party as before passed through the canyon arriving at the border of the woods nearest the town we halted and concealed ourselves among the trees the town was glistening in the clear moonlight, and deep silence was over the valley. There were none stirring at so early an hour, but we could descry two or three dark objects down by the river. We knew them to be the sentinels that stood over our captive comrades. The sight was gratifying, for it told us they still lived. They little dreamed, poor fellows, how near was the hour of their deliverance for the same reasons that had influenced us on a former occasion the attack was not to be made until daybreak and we waited as before but with a very different prospect there were now six hundred warriors in the town about our own number and we knew that a desperate engagement was before us we had no fear as to the result but we feared that the vengeful savages might take it into their heads to dispatch their captives while we fought we knew that to recover these was our main object, and, if themselves defeated, that would give them the satisfaction of a terrible vengeance. All this we knew was far from improbable, but to guard against the possibility of such an event, every precaution was to be taken. We were satisfied that the captive women were still in the temple. Rube assured us that it was their universal custom to keep new prisoners there for several days after their arrival, until they were finally distributed among the warriors. The queen, too, dwelt in this building. It was resolved, then, that the disguised party should ride forward, conducting me as their prisoner by the first light, and that they should surround the temple, and by a clever coup secure the white captives. A signal then given on the bugle, or the first shot fired, was to bring the main body forward at a gallop. This was plainly the best plan, and having fully arranged its details, we waited the approach of the dawn. It was not long in coming, the moonlight became mixed with the faint rays of the aurora, and objects were seen more distinctly. As the milky quartz caught the hues of morning, we rode out of our cover and forward over the plain i was apparently tied upon my horse and guarded between two of the delawares on approaching the town we saw several men upon the roofs they ran to and fro summoning others out and large groups began to appear along the terraces as we came nearer we were greeted with shouts of congratulation avoiding the streets we pushed directly for the temple at a brisk trot on arriving at its base we suddenly halted flung ourselves from our horses and climbed the ladders there were many women upon the parapets of the building among these seguin recognized his daughter the queen she was at once secured and forced into the inside 
the next moment i held my betrothed in my arms while her mother was by our side the other captives were there and without waiting to offer any explanation we hurried them all within the rooms and guarded the doors with our pistols the whole manoeuvre had not occupied two minutes but before its completion a wild cry announced that the ruse was detected vengeful yells rang over the town and the warriors leaping down from their houses ran towards the temple arrows began to hurtle around us but above all other sounds pealed the notes of the bugle summoning our comrades to the attack quick upon the signal they were seen debouching from the woods and coming down at a gallop when within two hundred yards of the houses the charging horsemen divided into two columns and wheeled around the town with the intention of attacking it on both sides the indians hastened to defend the skirts of the village but in spite of their arrow flights which dismounted several the horsemen closed in and flinging themselves from their horses fought hand to hand among the walls the shouts of defiance the sharp ringing of rifles and the louder reports of the escopettes soon announced that the battle had fairly begun a large party headed by el sol and saint vrain had ridden up to the temple seeing that we had secured the captives these two dismounted and commenced an attack upon that part of the town clambering up to the houses and driving out the braves who defended them the fight now became general shouts and sounds of shots rent the air men were seen upon high roofs face to face in deadly and desperate conflict crowds of women screaming and terrified rushed along the terraces or ran out upon the plain making for the woods frightened horses snorting and neighing galloped through the streets and off over the open prairie with trailing bridles while others enclosed in corrals plunged and broke over the walls it was a wild scene a terrific picture through all i was only a spectator i was guarding a door of the temple in which were our own friends my elevated position gave me a view of the whole village and i could trace the progress of the battle from house to house i saw that many were falling on both sides for the savages fought with the courage of despair i had no fears for the result the whites too had wrongs to redress and by the remembrance of these were equally nerved for the struggle in this kind of encounter they had the advantage in arms it was only on the plains that their savage foes were feared when charging with their long and death-dealing lances as i continued to gaze over the azoteas a terrific scene riveted my attention and i forgot all others upon a high roof two men were engaged in combat fierce and deadly their brilliant dresses had attracted me and i soon recognized the combatants they were dacoma and the maricopa the navajo fought with a spear and i saw that the other held his rifle clubbed and empty when my eye first rested upon them the latter had just parried a thrust and was aiming a blow at his antagonist it fell without effect and dacoma turning quickly brought his lance again to the charge before el sol could ward it off the thrust was given and the weapon appeared to pass through his body i involuntarily uttered a cry as i expected to see the noble indian fall 
what was my astonishment at seeing him brandish his tomahawk over his head and with a crashing blow stretch the navajo at his feet drawn down by the impaling shaft he fell over the body but in a moment struggled up again drew the long lance from his flesh and tottering forward to the parapet shouted out here luna our mother is avenged i saw the girl spring upon the roof followed by gary and the next moment the wounded man sank fainting in the arms of the trapper rube st vrain and several others now climbed to the roof and commenced examining the wound i watched them with feelings of painful suspense for the character of this most singular man had inspired me with friendship presently st vrain joined me and i was assured that the wound was not mortal the maricopa would live the battle was now ended the warriors who survived had fled to the forest shots were heard only at intervals an occasional shout the shriek of some savage discovered lurking among the walls many white captives had been found in the town and were brought in front of the temple guarded by the mexicans the indian women had escaped to the woods during the engagement it was well for the hunters and volunteer soldiery exasperated by wounds and heated by the conflict now raged around like furies smoke ascended from many of the houses flames followed and the greater part of the town was soon reduced to a smouldering ruin we stayed all that day by the navajo village to recruit our animals and prepare for our homeward journey across the desert the plundered cattle were collected some were slaughtered for immediate use and the rest placed in charge of vaqueros to be driven on the hoof most of the indian horses were lassoed and brought in some to be ridden by the rescued captives others as the booty of the conquerors but it was not safe to remain long in the valley there were other tribes of the navajos to the north who would soon be down upon us there were their allies the great nations of the apaches to the south and the nihoras to the west and we knew that all these would unite and follow on our trail the object of the expedition was attained at least as far as its leader had designed it a great number of captives were recovered whose friends had long since mourned them as lost forever it would be some time before they would renew those savage forays in which they had annually desolated the pueblos of the frontier by sunrise of the next day we had repassed the canyon and were riding towards the snowy mountain. End of chapter 55